0: What you know about this, Frank? It was the <clears throat> it was one of the walk-up
2: songs for uh, my good friend Zach Horkey when he played at Blissfield.
0: Okay, that's a great. But who th- does this song?
2: Who is the Notorious B.I.G.? Okay,
0: good, good. What's the name of the song, though? Hypnotized. Nice, nice, Franklin. I love it, man. I didn't know if he was hip, man. I, I was getting a little nervous.
2: Well, again. Uh... This was this was a walk up song for Zach Horky when he played at Blissfield. That's really? how I knew it. Really? Yeah. Of course, he's now at that school down south, as you like to say. He,
0: does he play for them or? Yeah, he plays baseball. <clears throat> okay. What made him? He, he was playing for the for the Blissfield Blissfield Bad Boys, the right? the Royals. Oh, the Royals, Royals, Royals. Yeah. Royals. Okay. Okay.
2: Yes, he was a four four year starter at catcher.
0: Nice, but I'm glad that you know that music, man, because I, I was a little I was a little afraid, man. I was just a little afraid, man. Just a little, little, little afraid. So with that being said, right there, Frank. We'll give you that round we'll give you that round of applause right here. Let's right there, Frank. I, I got it. Did you know if uh David?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Okay. So David going into the college football recruiting, well, and this is all recruiting, why, and I've listened to a couple of national syndicated shows talk about this actual subject, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Why do you think college football recruiting is going about to get destroyed? Would say, yee, as Frank well, Baster says.
1: Well, I wouldn't even go so far as say it's going to get a shirt. I think it's already dead. Why? And buried. Uh, two factors that we talked a little bit about it, just Um, and the winners, and losers, and then that previous segment, it's a combination of the transfer portal where kids can go wherever and you'll have a year, depending on circumstances of the year, sit out or your first one's right away, and then also NIL. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to put a combination of 60% NIL and 40% transfer portal. And I say that's already dead because now we have, and we're seeing it this year, and, I'm sorry people are going to think I'm hating on a kid, but Peyton Bowen, you, you shot yourself in the foot with this one. Like if you, if you can flip your commitment three times in a stand of 48 hours, there's something, our, the system already broken. He, split,
0: he flipped it three times?
1: But Well, technically twice. Well, I guess so. He initially committed to Notre Dame. So I would say that's his first commitment. Mm -hmm. So he flipped from uncommitted to Notre Dame. I consider that a flip, even though most people don't. Um, Then he flipped from Notre Dame to Oregon. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, Oregon's winning. And then literally 24 hours later, Mm -hmm. he flips from Oregon to Oklahoma. Like, if you can do that, if you can say that you're going to commit to play somewhere, three different places in two days mm-hmm. like come on like i'm sure he's going to have his reasons like oh oklahoma was the best fit then why do you commit to notre dame at the beginning right if if you knew that you were going to go to oklahoma if because if, i'm sure oklahoma was already on the board if you're the number 14 overall recruit number two state to recruit in the country if you think that Oklahoma, – if Oklahoma's probably already offered you – then why not just take that? Now, maybe it's that it's like people are saying, oh, um, depending on where other people go, playing time, playing time. Like, uh, not many redshirt freshmen, five-star recruits are going to play day one. Like, you, unless you're out of this world or you're going into a dream situation – and like like you talked about it during uh, winners and losers, like with mean, Derek, it's about branding. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to give you Norman, Oklahoma, as as a brand, as an institution, you know you can be a boomer sooner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or his original commitment, which was Notre Dame, which I can argue is a top three football brand of all in, in collegiate sports. If you go to Notre Dame football, you are branded. That, that's a brand in and of itself. Right. And also, Notre Dame has put out some pretty good safeties in the past couple of years in the NFL. So mm. they have a track record. Right. And both situations have young coaches, new coaches. Um, like, like, I don't understand it. And now, now that we've seen, and this year in particular, players can say, oh, after a year, I'm transferring. After two years. Or after three years, or some, where you're, you know, your fourth year, you know, entering fifth, sixth year of eligibility, oh, I'm going to transfer. Like, what's the point of recruiting these kids when you're not even guaranteed that they're going to be here next, national signing day? Right. Like, between the money that if we're just going to – all the coaches are now openly saying it, hey, kids are getting paid more money to go here, they're everywhere. Openly now, the fact that upperclassmen are transferring because they want playing time or they want to be closer to home or a variety of other factors, plus the fact that there's always going to be another five star recruit coming in. There's always another four, especially if you're at those top tier schools. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Bowen transfers at the end of this Oklahoma season. It's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll go back. Like, like recruiting is dead, and NCAA has no one to blame but themselves because they opened up these Pandora's boxes and now that players are starting to transfer here, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. You you can't put that back into the box. You can't say, oh, let's stop paying the players openly. Oh, we can't. We need to stop giving all these players deals and incentives to come to the universities. Oh, we need to stop. We need to limit the amount of time the kid can transfer or at what point they have They have to be at the institution, you know, two or three years, like committing to signing, and then they can transfer after two or three years. Like, there's no way that you can fix the system.
0: Well, what 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 I've heard is that they need a governing body, and you talked about that, Frank. Yeah. That eventually you're gonna have to come in and, and 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 be a governing body and there's going to have to be maybe a cap like a salary cap in pro sports for it for how much because really what's going to turn into is the the biggest the team that has the most money is going to win whoever you can buy the most recruits is going to win and I think that's the reason why I think that the structure of college sports is changing the NIL has basically set a domino effect where the regionalization of college sports as we know it has been destroyed you better get down or lay down with a conference that's going to bring in some big money so you can get a good chunk of change from a TV contract if you want to be competitive. If not, you're going to be left behind. And it, now it's turned into, I really hate to say this, AAU, where you have the teams of the halves, and then you're going to have the teams that have a little or have some, no, have, have some, have a little, and have nots. And what's going to happen is is that you, you almost, because AAU is kind of bad like this, especially in the basketball world, where you got a lot of mismatches, where it's going to be, you're going to see a lot of lopsided scores like in AAU. Unless you're with the big dogs, and even if you're with the big dogs, the top half or, the, or maybe the top two or three teams are going to be so dominant that they're going to be battling each other. So they're going to be on like, the top ranked teams in AAU, but then you're gonna have teams that are way at the bottom that are just gonna get killed, which takes away the competitive balance of the of the leagues. I think the reg- the regionalization of stuff is you know they've already talking about the Pac-12s reaching out to Miami and Clemson, but they can't they can't do it because of, of the way the conference the contract is set up, where teams can't leave the conference until 2035. And if you do try to leave the conference, you lose all your TV money, and there's there's different things like Miranda rights or something like that I I, I know of. But th- that's how it's going now. The NIL has basically set this domino effect where that's why now we're having the conference realignments. The big TV contracts rule now because every team, football, basketball, any revenue-driven sports that really drive revenue, know the best bidders are going to get the most talent. It is what it is. So if you're Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, you're probably going to be left out in the cold. And they're saying UCLA is pretty much almost bankrupt because of certain hires that they've had with coaches. They're still paying certain coaches because they fired them and paying current coaches. It's a mess, but you're right. It's, it's going to be the highest bidder. It makes me wonder: Does UT football still be in the FBS, or do they go FCS? That that is that has been a question that has kind of been proposed.
1: Uh, I mean, if I was Toledo, I would say FBS. I wouldn't be surprised if. Yeah, they but are you realized... going to compete?
0: There's some people that said, now Mac football actually has some good bowl outings, but some people said this has Man. been the lowest talent. Pool in the MAC in years where there there were just some bad football teams, like the teams were just awful.
1: Well, I mean, but then that's also kind of looking, coming back to the recruiting. If a lot of the kind of the diamonds in the rough, two and three stars that we're used to seeing going to the Toledos, the Western, the Central's, the Northern Illinois, if they're saying, "Oh, I can take my chance and go to kind of a small tier." I got lower tier power five. So am I going to go to a Northern Illinois or can I go to Illinois or can I go to an Indiana where you're in that Big Ten network conglomerate and so you have a little bit more exposure for the personal brand and you're playing better, quote-unquote, better tier football. So I think there are a lot of players' mentalities of do you want to – You know, you would rather be right now a smaller fish in a big pond because of the NIL money than a big fish in a smaller pond and have that potential to be a breakout superstar. Like we see with a lot of the Mac players who when they get on the national stage, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, how can Daquan Finn go to a school like Toledo and not a big 10? He would be the best. He would be the second best quarterback in the big 10. But like all this crap that we hear every time we see is a max
0: school, go up against the power of five. Mm, like it, it's, it's, it's all about, yeah. I, I, I don't see that being their mentality. I mean, just, I mean just me being around high school kids, and I don't really think it's the kids. It's more or less the parents. It's gimme, 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 gimme. I mean, think about it. Now, I will say this. It does keep kids talent that are talented staying longer. Think about it this way. If you're a kid and you're making pretty good money with the nil nil, and let's say you're a junior, and they say you look, man, if you come out your junior year, you're gonna be a third or fourth round pick. But if you wait your senior year and you blow up, you can get in that first second round. But I got this nil nil money here, I could probably make more than a fourth rounder. You stay in school because before when you didn't have the money, it was like, man, I ain't gonna try to waste my time with the injury my senior year. I, I gotta get I gotta get paid. Now, kids already getting paid. <clears throat> you, you're you on that cusp where we know you're good enough to play in the league, but you probably, because either it could be a stacked draft at your position or you just need that extra year of seasoning, it does say, okay, I'll stay. I mean, if I'm making now, the, – the, I've heard crazy stuff that some of these kids are making millions of dollars off of yeah, NIL. NILs. Yeah, NILs. But even at the, some of the smaller schools – some of them are making a couple hundred thousand. It's like whoa.
1: Yeah, and then even to that point, now thrown in with the transfer portal. Hey, I'm a junior. I can either stay here, kind of, and be kind of a big man on campus, or I can transfer and not have to sit out a year. I can go to a power five school, and not only increase, you know, my draft stock in terms of exposure, but then I can be around. Right? Maybe I can go to a better program that's more equipped for. Produce a top tier talent. Like I can, and you know, put up more statistics and guarantee that I'm a kind of early day two guy. So it's not even just kind of being a fact of do you want to go out and get the money early. It's like now you can potentially get even more money with a bigger NIL deal at another school. So it's, yeah, this, like the transfer portal and NIL is really Basically, these National Letters of Intent don't mean Jack Bleep at this point. Because none of these, like very rarely are we going to see high school recruits have of the same school that they verbally commit to is going to be the same school that they sign the National Letters of Intent with. And it's going to be the same school that we see them in spring ball. No. Like it's very rarely. So, like, all these things that say like, oh, this is locking them in for the next year. It's not. Because as, you know, as a slip of a switch, someone can leave, you know, one school in favor of other. And, again, this is all also with these upperclassmen being able to transfer as well. Like, if, so what happened in Oregon, and Bo Nix is staying... If I'm going to be a five star recruit, am I going to stay at Oregon or does it make sense in the case of Dante Moore, am I just going to go to UCLA where we know that there's going to be a bigger chance for a quarterback battle? So like some of those make sense, but then at the same time, you commit to Oregon like like i'm I'm old school like if I commit to something, I'm going to commit.
0: Yeah, but David, that's you. That's not you. You're kind of looking at it where you're looking at it at your own perspective, not other people's perspective.
1: Well, yeah, like I know, like for most, most are going to say, "I want to, I want to play right away." That's the mentality of a lot of these five-star recruits. So, but I think, I think for me, like my perspective is, if I know that I'm good, if I'm the, you know, if I'm the ish. I can beat any of these people out and earn my spot. That goes somewhere where it's wide open for somebody. That, that's just me, but I know that in this mentality, the quicker you get on the field, the quicker you can build your brand and build up your exposure, and people can see you and your name starts to be on people's lips on you know sports radio shows and stuff like that.
0: Well, it's not. It's not that though. I don't. Like, we, we, we had this conversation earlier, David. I don't really. Y- Think it's about playing right away. It's about your brand, and you got to understand too. Some of this money is generational, changing wealth type of money, and the parents are looking at it as my kids making this money. I'm going to go to the highest bidder. You know, money makes the world go around, and it really changes people. And I and that's what I think it is is that these parents and I see it all the time. It's about clout. That's what it comes down to. It's not the old. The olden days is over. And I, and I was listening to this on some national sports radio shows. You got to adapt. Just like the great coaches. Why do they stay great coaches? Because they adapt. From a guy that I coached under or even a, a woman that I coached under, Trisha Cullop, to Ed Heinschel, to Coach K, to Nick Saban. You have to adapt with the times. And the times are changing to the point where nowadays – You've got student athletes coming in, almost like pro athletes, with a voice, and they're making money. And it's and it's parent it's more parent-driven. Obviously, some parents are really savvy about it, and 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 coaches know that if you want to win and stay relevant, you got to get the talent in the door. So, what are you going to do to get that talent in the door? You got to pay this money. Now, the NIL thing I think is pretty cool that, you know, some of the kids can kind of, you know, make money and don't have to, you know, they can, with the NCA rules, a lot of times they don't let them allow them to work to at least get a little bit of change, Um, basically making it strict with them. But I really think if the NCA would have been smart 10 years ago, they probably would have loosened up the rules and we never would have had the NIL. But... You had a bunch of old fitty ditties that thought, "Well, we'll no, we're going to get stricter with the rules." I mean, there's no matter what the, the players are going to get the money, whether it's in a shoebox or you know just a a regular duffel bag, all cash, no checks, homie. Mm-hmm. Now you got the NIL. Now everything has changed. Now, TV deals, regional, the whole structure of college football is going to change in the next five years. That and, and I think bowl games will get eliminated. Once all this settles, they'll probably go to a 32 team playoff. They'll have to, because it, it, there's no point in doing the Rose Bowl. Everyone's like, "Well, we do the Rose Bowl for tradition." Big Ten versus Pack 12 or Pack 10. Yeah. That ain't happening. <clears throat> I mean, and, and
2: even then, the Rose Bowl's already lost enough, it, right? Luster.
0: And luster. The bowl <laughs> games have lost its luster. And, and what's like I said, it's gonna it's gonna probably come down to where. I could see almost like an NFL with no divisions. You're going to have conferences. You're going to have the, 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 the college football Eastern Conference. And you're going to have the college football Western Conference.
2: Actually, you're going to have the Big Ten and the SEC. I think,
0: I think that'll get renamed. I do. I think that they will probably go to conferences. And then, uh, um, obviously, big conglomerate conferences. And maybe they might. Leaders of legends, there we go. Well, the, 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 have the divisions where you're in the SEC division or bring back stuff. But basically the schedules, it's going to be like the pros. It's going to be like the pros. And and it could be where it might be this. If you're power five schools, it's going to be east versus west. And then if you're in the group of five like Toledo, you might be able to keep your tradition there's going to be there's going to be some separations. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's separate tournaments. You got the group of 5 tournament and then the the power 5 tournament. There's going to be there's going to be some changes though. Trust me. And I wouldn't be surprised if the group of 5 did it regionally. I mean there's just there's just there's like I said, there's the haves and the have-nots. And even in the MAC, there's teams that are struggling to keep the football program, uh, you know. Flow, let alone try to get new new um, facilities to be competitive. Something's gonna break. I I think a lot of teams is gonna get to the point where you're just gonna get left out in the cold, and some teams that are FBS right now are gonna have to go down to FCS. And I and I, probably, I bet you ten bucks if ESPN had it their way, they'd want that to happen because then now you know that it's good quality football at the, some of these lower FBS schools go down to FCS that then they have the mega playoff. Think about it. We'll have the playoff for the power five, the FBS, which will probably be just the power five conferences broke up in the conference, you know, read or East West conferences. And then you go down to the FCS, which would be a little fun and watch it'd be, you know, FCS like back in the day, division one, double a tournament. And then you got the division one, uh, you know, you know, like that, the FCS is going to then be a big tournament. And, they, and it could be Toledo could go to FCS. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I would love to see them still be in the football. I mean, if, if you really think about it, what does it stand for? Football Bowl?
2: Yeah, Football Bowl Subdivision.
0: Guess what? There's no more bowl games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no more bowl games. So if so you get rid of the bowl, you just games,
2: gonna have to go back to call it Division One A and, and Division, division 1, One Double A. Double
0: A, yeah. The, the division, you know, the, the or the, you know, you're in the FCS and they'll, you know, we're in the Power Five or whatever. It's that, I think that's where it's gonna go. And it, if you're in the group of five. They might weed you out or whatever. I mean, isn't Cincinnati going to the Big 12? Yeah. Yeah, it makes yep. no sense. So is Houston. So is right. BYU. So right. is UCF. Right. And and then they're saying that, you know, um, Utah, Utah State might try to go to the, the – well, Utah's in the Pac-12 already, right? But Utah yes. State, it's in there for a rivalry. That's where that's where it's going. I think that's where it's going to go. And if you're one of the group of fives like in the MAC, they're obviously not going to ask you to join one of the bigger conferences. Even the topper teams that are not going to ask you that. They're going to just say, well, you just be in your lone little league. And and then I bet you ten bucks ESPN is going to go in there and be like, you know what, the month of December to first or second week of January is going to be playoff month. And think about it. If you have the power five playoff and then a kind of a group of five playoff with the FCS, you pretty much could have football Seven nights a week. That's including the NFL because they got Monday night football during December. And then after that, you got football, football, football because you're doing playoff games. Think about that. That's crazy, isn't it? And that's how you you fill in your black for bowl games. I think that's where it's right. going.
2: Very well could be. But then again, i <clears throat> excuse me. Do you think people are just going to get burned out by football? I know, I know, no. that, I know that there's no. football guys who live, eat, breathe no. football. David, I know you're one of them, but would you, would you be one who watches football seven nights a week?
0: I mean, yep,
1: probably. I mean, probably, but, but no, I'm not I saying he. The yeah, I'm not
0: saying you would, but just think about it. The
1: casual wouldn't.
0: The, 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 the no, Well, the casual watch the games. Uh-huh. Well, now here's another factor. The casual would. You know why? Gambling.
2: Nah. Yeah, those, those who bet.
0: Would. Those who bet. And that's where this is going. Everyone knows that live sports is the, the generator that moves money. ESPN comes in, puts together this big old football bonanza of playoff. The bettors are going to be betting on it. It's a win win for them. That's, that's that's where it's going. Like I said, it's going to be football on every night. Remember when the bowl games, they try to do that every night, remember? The two or three weeks, what is it? Is it the week before Christmas? The 17th is when the bowl game series?
2: Oh. Yeah, they basically got a yeah. bowl game on every night except on uh, Christmas, Christmas Day.
0: Right. You, uh, two bowl games a night, remember? They usually have one in the afternoon. They got one at night. There's no different if they come up with a, a championship, uh, the the, the, the the, the, the tournament. We're going to have a football tournament now. 32 teams. 32 teams for Power Five, 32 teams for the group of five, and then possibly have your FCS championships. Nothing but football. There's your 64 teams right there, too. Start the football playoff on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You go through Thursday, Friday, Saturday get Sunday off obviously kind of like the NCAA tournament got Monday night football Tuesday they might throw in a sprinkle in a basketball game then we start all over again on Wednesday Thursday till we get all the way down I think that's where it's going The money is taking you know I mean I hate to say it at the end of the day David this is nothing but pimping kids that's all it is pimping kids Make it, so, making yeah. a making a buck off a kid, and now that now obviously the kids get get some money for their name, image, and likeness. But generational change in money, considering that if you really look at the bigger picture of everything, the people are really running it. You're only getting a small small percentage of what how much they're really making off of you. But I guess something is better than nothing. Would you rather starve or eat some breadcrumbs?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Think about it. Would you rather would
0: you rather starve or eat breadcrumbs? If I'm sitting here and a guy comes out here and says, "All I got is these breadcrumbs for you," but you know, if you don't eat, you're gonna die. You're probably gonna eat the breadcrumbs, and that's what the nil is. Right now, we'll give you this check right here. You can get your name, image, and likeness. Now, to us, you know, making a a couple cool meal is cool. But the the NIL or whatever they're giving you, they're giving you that cool meal because you're bringing in quadruple to 10 times more than that. Pimping kids. But now you get something out of it. and I mean, when you've never had anything and and you're hungry, here, I'll sprinkle you some of this sugar cookie crumbs. You can you can, you can can lick the, 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 the leftover sugar from the bag. Okay. And that's what people are doing. This is what, that's what they're doing. Last thing, Frank. I mean, Frank and David.
2: I mean, I'll just go back to what I said earlier during winners and losers. College football is the Wild West. And it's going to be like that until you get somebody that comes in and acts as your czar, your president, your what, whatever. Somebody's gonna say, okay, here's how it's gonna be. This is how NIL is gonna be. This is how the portal is gonna be. And if you don't like it, tough crackers.
0: Well, and I also think I don't know about football, but I think basketball. I hate to say this, it could be football coaches are lazy coaches that you you if you look it up on youtube and different podcasts there are a lot of coaches out there and i've heard this in football that are very lazy that they will there is one story and you can probably look it up and confirm it former toledo football coach university of toledo football coach matt campbell wanted to win the recruiting wars him and jason candle they're really good at this they really did their homework And I've heard that there will be coaches that wouldn't go out on the recruiting trail and wait to see who Toledo was offering and then either go watch that kid or then go actually offer that kid because they weren't doing their homework. And that's where I think is with the the transfer portal is the problem is that there's coaches out here that aren't going out and actually seeing a kid, recruiting a kid, seeing if the kid can actually play, seeing if that kid can actually fit our culture. All they're doing is, I want to do all this other stuff and all the fun stuff with the job. But this grind of, you're kind of sucking up to teenagers, sort of, if you kind of look at it. But the the fact of the matter is, my boss wants just us to get kids. But you you need to get talent. You need to, Is this really a kid that... Is a power five player? Is this a mid major player? Is he a low level player? Is he a high D two? Some of the coaches don't know that. They just go. I know on the basketball side, they they rely on other people doing the work in the coaching profession, or they rely on some guy to subscribe to a subscription to some guy who's scouting who more times than not, doesn't know what they're even looking for when they scout on the court. It's just basketball, and I believe it happens in football, but there are some guys out there that are great scouts that know what they're talking about when it comes to their sport. and Or they're on some team, whether it be AAU or a top-ranked high school team, so they automatically think the kid is good. And it's like, that doesn't really mean that the kid is really good. That just means that the kid is on the team. And I see this a lot. And, and then it inflates the kid's hey, ego. Well, I played for so-and-so-and-so. Well, you were kind of a role player. You weren't really the man or the girl on that team. So just pump your brakes. And, because if you would have went to any other school, you only would be slightly a little bit better than the kid that's maybe the three-star recruit that probably has that chip, chip on their shoulder is going to get better through college where you're being just an arrogant prick and thinking you're good already because you surrounded yourself around people who've been doing all the work to help the team be successful and you're just on the the, the team's coattails they recruit the kid come to find out the kid don't work out well he's in the transfer portal or he or she's in the transfer portal either the culture didn't fit them or they just couldn't play
2: yeah I mean I I think the biggest example of that has been uh, excuse me Keaton Slovis Mm. started at USC Transfers to
0: Pitt for
2: a year, and now he's in the portal again. Why? I really don't know.
0: And then it, it also makes you wonder, if you're in the portal, are you running away from something?
2: Or how about JT Daniels? He started at SC. He ends up transferring to Georgia. Can't beat out Stetson Bennett. He transferred to West Virginia.
0: And then that goes with the coaches. Like, you know... Why, why Why keep picking? If, if a kid is transferring two or three times, why pick him up? Yeah. Maybe the kid's just not that good. That's and then that makes you more wonder, more that also makes you wonder, too, um, well, if this kid doesn't get his way, is he going to leave us? I mean, you're kind of just wasting your time. Right, David?
1: Yeah, and that, that's especially kind of what I was saying earlier. You have these kids that are kind of quick to jump into the transfer portal, Kind of instead of staying kind of a competing for the position, they just kind of want to go boom. Is there an opening? Is there a chance that I can, you know, do this, that, or other? But yeah, I mean, that's the, I hate to say, that's the mentality of a lot of these kids, you know. Are they, are they built for adversity? If they are, you'll see what kind of character and talent that you have. If not, as soon as that transfer report opens, boop, I'm out. And yeah. Are coaches going to want to have someone that's you know, because coaches also talk around. It's like, hey, can you he tell me about this kid's character? At, like, coaches talk. Well, yeah. They try to pretend that like they don't talk, but, yeah. They, so oh, that. His application is. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. Eh.
0: yeah. Coaches, coaches are all intertwined. I, and they And there's coaches that do things that are kind of dirty. I've heard stories where. You might be in a smaller conference and you're trying to get a kid, but you know that that kid might go to one of your rivals. So with coaches being interconnected, sometimes they go and get the power five coach to show a little interest in a kid because you know, you might not get that kid, but you don't want them to go to to your competitor and then get that kid. They think next thing you know, the kid thinks they're power five material because your buddy's out there talking to him or her or whatever. Putting salt in the game. And the next thing you know, the kid wants to commit. But there's three or four better players in front of them. But the fact that, oh, well, it's power five. It's power five. It's high D1. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then that reality hits. Now, that's a little bit not fair from the coaches, but also that the parents and the player have to do their research on the team. But it's it's a crazy game out there when it comes to this recruiting. and it, And with this NIL, and like you mentioned before, it's made it even crazier.
1: Yeah, but that you know, that's the era that we're in. So good luck to all these college kids and recruits and as the next era of rising seniors we all this, they'll have to be met with some of these same questions. Are you gonna you know, where are you gonna go? Mm-hmm. That's gonna change your life for good or for bad. Hopefully for really the good though.
0: Right. Last thing, Frank. Are you ready for the college football playoff?
2: I'd say we uh, transition to the playoff because we've also got to get to our NFL pick'em as well.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. Well, we'll take a quick commercial break. I want to just get your 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 take on that, uh, David. On um basically college recruiting. You like that beat right there, Frank? Oh yeah. Listen an 88.3 WGT's after further review and return. College football playoff semifinals are on Saturday evening. That's pretty cool. They're always on New Year's Eve, right? So at least it's greatest it's on the weekend. Yeah,
2: the last couple of years they've been on uh, New Year's Eve. That's right. No, I
0: think it's always been like that. No, no,
2: no, it hasn't. There's been... When it first started, they did that. Not it when on... it first started. Yeah, the, then they went to New Year's Eve and I guess... Some people, it was kind of a mixed reaction, and then they basically put it back to New Year's Day, and then they did it the, the Saturday before, or New Year's Day, hey it for a couple of years, and it was back to New Year's Day, and then back to New Year's Eve. It's and, been New
0: Year's Eve for a while,
2: though. Well, this will be the fourth year of it's running that it's on New Year's Eve.
0: Well, that's a while. All right, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, WHD's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Baxter in the horse's head. Always updating that. Always updating that. Also, make sure you check us out on After Further Review Sports Show page on Facebook and on Twitter, AFR Sports Show. When we return, college football playoff preview. Then, just around that corner, the NFL Pick'em. It is a close race. Did you see that I posted that, Frank? Yes, I did. It is getting close and we only got two weeks left. Very close. 88.3 88.3 WGT. I have a brother, Rue, back after this.